broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Looking over the middle. Hockey collapses. He takes off to the goal line. Touchdown, Stidham. Six the hard way. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. like who signed who didn't sign and all that good stuff that's plenty to get to coming up on today's show of course today also was the day that the Raiders had to get their roster down to 80 members just like the rest of the NFL by 1 p.m. the Raiders have done that so we'll tell you who's no longer a part of the silver and black and they really didn't make too many transactions as some of the transactions we already knew about but we'll go over that in a major way and we've got plenty of good guests to get to on today's show. Uh, matter of fact, coming up at 2.30, Zach Cox from Nesson. He's going to join the show to talk all things Patriots. And he was out there along with a large contingency from the New England area that was there covering the Patriots. So not only did we have our media that was always that is always there, also the New England media was there too. So it was pretty crowded today. Kind of cool. Got an opportunity to talk to Bill Belichick early before practice started. So I thought that that was a nice little, you know, Nice little tip of the cap to be able to go out there and the way that it was scheduled is uh, he was able to uh, get his media session in before practice started. So we had enough time to go out there and ask a few questions about the silver and black, ask a few questions about Josh McDaniels. Of course, uh, the, the New England uh, the New England media was able to ask their questions as well, but thought that was pretty cool and then went out there immediately and and saw joint practice and, you know, no fights. I think that was one big deal that there was no fights, but there was a lot of good work put in today. Um, I would say that our advantage point to be able to see everything wasn't as good as it normally is, but I still think it was pretty, pretty productive. And for the most part, what I was able to see and observe, especially in some of the one-on-one drills that we saw that was really up close and personal on us, those were really good. Uh, now, when they went 11-on-11 and they were in the middle field, it was really kind of a wall of players on either side of them, so we weren't really able to see what exactly happened. But the one-on-one drills I thought were really good when you saw, uh, you know, Devontae Adams going up against a corner from the Patriots or you see, uh, you know, Hunter Renfro going up against somebody or Nelly Aguilar going up against Nate Hobbs. I thought those kind of drills were really good, and that's something that we did get to see pretty up close and personal. So Zach Cox from Nesson, he'll join us at 2.30. John McClain, uh, formerly of the Houston Chronicle, he'll join us at 3 o'clock. He's our normal Tuesday guest. He'll join us just to talk all things NFL, but we'll also pick his brain about just joint practices, how much, how beneficial these are for the teams and coaches and everybody that's uh, you know in between trying to get this roster put together. And they might even be more beneficial, and I think they are more beneficial. I don't think there's any might about it. I think they're way more beneficial than what you'll see on Friday for preseason game number four. And I'll even ask John straight up, you know, normally preseason game number three for other teams are the dress rehearsals. But when you're the silver and black, when you're the Raiders and you're going into preseason game number four and you just a couple days ahead of time have joint practices with the Patriots, I don't really know what to expect from Friday. I don't really expect to see a whole lot, to be honest. You know, and another question that I'm interested to ask John from all his years of covering the NFL, what can a player do this week? Right? I mean, for the most part, I believe teams have a really good idea who's going to be the final 53. What can a player do to separate themselves? A guy who may be on the bubble, what can he do this week, if anything, to make the roster? That's one of the uh, first questions that I want to ask John McClain. We'll do that coming up at 3 o'clock. 
Then at 3.30, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, he'll join the show to talk about his observations from practice. He'll talk about the 53-man roster, talk about the offensive line, talk about you know different aspects of this uh, joint practice. And Paul's been covering the Raiders for a very long time, so uh, can kind of compare and contrast what he's seen over the years to what everything looks like this year, right? And I've been here in Vegas now. This is my second training camp. And I'll tell you what, this training camp looks night and day different than what it was a year ago. And that's not me, you know, throwing shade at the old regime. I'm just saying from my point of view, it looks a whole lot different. But, again, it's only my second training camp. So these other guys have been around, like Ed Graney, who we have on a Mondays, been around training camp for a long time. Adam Hill's been, on, uh, been around training camp for a long time. Paul Gutierrez has been covering the Raiders for a long time. He's been around it. So he will know better than I will how much different it looks compared to what he's been able to see in the past. So we'll, uh, we'll talk to Paul, all things Raiders, coming up at 3.30. And then at 4 o'clock four o'clock i gotta give a round of applause normally on tuesdays and thursdays we have lincoln kennedy from the raiders radio network obviously former raider offensive lineman uh he was on the morning tailgate yesterday so he's going to take the rest of the week off and we'll get back with him on tuesday of next week uh following or actually the day of the the final cut downs when it has to get down to 53 men so we'll get back to lincoln kennedy starting on tuesday of next week but i'm clapping because we're bringing back the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week Award. And this week at 4 o'clock, we'll be talking to Coach Quincy Burtz from Canyon Springs. Canyon Springs was up 18-0 to in their very first game of the season, 18-0, to and held on to win 18-14. to So things got a little bit tight in the second half of the game, but... That is a big character-building win, especially in the non-con when you're talking about uh, high school football. We like to look at it as the preseason, and then conference play is, re- is the regular season, and then, of course, you have postseason. So to be able to have an 18-0 lead and you know some adversity hits and all of a sudden you're only up 18-14, you have to have a goal-line stance, basically, to win the game, that is character-building for young men that just want to see results, and that's week one. You get week one action like that, that's big time. So Coach Quincy Burch from Canyon Springs High School, he is the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week. And anyone who's been listening to this show for a long period of time, like going back to last season, knows that we did this every single year or every single week of the high school football season um, in, in collaboration with the Raiders. This is one of my favorite things every week. I promise you, I love talking to any guest that we have on the show. I love going out to practice, love being at the games, love talking silver and black. But, man, there's a special place in my heart for talking to high school football coaches. Uh, There's just so many different elements and so much different conversation that you'll get out of these guys because it's more than just X's and O's. It's more than just wins and losses. It's also about shaping young men's lives, young young people's lives, right? Just kind of putting them out into the community and, Raider Nation and anyone else who's listening, I think, uh, I think we all can agree that we can look around uh, all our communities, no matter where we live, and realize that we all need a little bit of better shaping, right? We all need a little bit of work in our respective communities. And so uh, I believe high school football coaches play a massive, a massive role in that. And I always tip the cap to teachers as well because the teachers are responsible for teaching our children. But, you know, it's just something about high school football coaches. You deal with adversity on the field, and the way you deal with it on the field is probably how you'll deal with adversity in real life when it hits. And trust me, 
it's going to hit. So uh, I always enjoy talking to high school football coaches. So coming up at 4 o'clock, Coach Quincy Burtz from Canyon Springs High School will join the show. So those are the guests that we have. Zach Cox from Nesson, John McClain, formerly of the Houston Chronicle, Paul Gutierrez at ESPN, and Coach Quincy Burtz from Canyon Springs High School. Those are the guests coming up on the show. You'll also hear a little bit from Bill Belichick. You'll hear a little bit from Derek Carr. You'll hear a little bit from Max Crosby. That's all lined up on the show. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So before we really jump into any topics and we start throwing any questions out there and start hearing from you, Raider Nation, want to go over the roster moves that the Raiders have made official as of a few minutes ago. Uh, Kenyon Drake, we knew that he was going to be released. We heard about that yesterday. The Raiders tried to uh, attempt to trade him, and it just didn't happen. So he's officially released. And a lot of people, I've heard people ask the question, well, Q, what's the difference between being released and being waived? If you're released, that means you have more than four years of of NFL uh, play under your belt. You're a veteran of more than four years. If you're waived, you have less than four years. So if you're waived, you have to go through waivers and a team could claim you. If you're released, like Kenyon Drake, you can get picked up with the team tomorrow. So uh, that is the difference. I heard somebody call the morning tailgate this morning with uh, Clay and Heidi and Vinny and was asking about that. So I realize that there's people out there that don't really know the difference in the designation between being released and waived. So uh, the Raiders released Kenyon Drake. They also released cornerback Chris Jones. They waived wide receiver Chris Lacey, and then they put injured cornerback Cravon LeBlanc on, uh, on IR and gave him a, a – well, they waived him. and He was injured, and they gave him an injury settlement, so he's no longer with the team. And then you remember Nick Mullins was traded uh, yesterday as well. So they are down to 80 men. Uh, Kenyon Drake is out. Chris Jones is out. Chris Lacey is out, and Cravon LeBlanc is out. So those are the roster moves right there. Not too – Massive of shakeups, not too massive of changes. Don't worry, that'll come next week. You know, and so a lot of these players, they look at the at the moves that happen and they see, realize that they survived the cut this week. And for a lot of these players, and, and I don't like to sound cold, a lot of these players, this game on Sunday is going to be the last game they play for the Silver and Black. I mean, that's just the reality of it. They're at 50 right now, or they're at 83 right now, or 80, and they got to get down to 53. That's a lot of players that are going to be, uh, you know, moved on from following the game on Friday and then, of course, by Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. they got to get down to 53. So, you know, some of these guys are, are playing and practicing their last few practices with the Raiders. But those are the moves that have been made. And, of course, if there's any other additional moves, which there always could be additional moves, even when the 53-man roster is set, depending on who gets released from other teams, who gets waived from other teams, uh, the Raiders could be in on that. And then you never know. There could also be trades that are along the way. So, um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's something to, to pay attention to and monitor as they continue to build this roster. Now, also wanted to talk about the practice today and from what I was able to see. And uh, it looked like the Raiders really came out with a purpose. Looked like they came out with some extra energy. Their defense, I thought, was doing a really good job, especially early on. And, you know, for the most part, even looking at some of the Patriots beat writers that were there, their uh, Twitter accounts, for the most part, the, the Raiders won the day. I think that uh, everyone could feel pretty confident saying the Raiders won the day. I know the Patriots did a really good job towards the end of practice just to kind of not salvage the day because you don't really salvage a day. But, you know, just, just had some reps that they won as well. But for the most part, I think the Raiders did a really good job in today's practice, and that's, that's as a whole unit. That's not just offensively or defensively. That's as a whole. That's special teams as well. I feel like everyone did really well 
uh, with the Raiders in today's practice. I want to go ahead and start off this uh, opening drive. We're hearing from the, from the quarterback, Derek Carr. He's talking about what, uh, what these joint practices are like compared to having to play in preseason games because he hasn't played in any preseason game yet. So, you know, does he prefer these joint practices over preseason? What, what's the case with it? Yeah, joint joint practices. Um, people show they they show more stuff. You know, it's not as vanilla. Um, you know, for everyone to see. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I think that's something I've always loved about it. Um, and, and when you when you practice against, you know, two coaches that know each other too. I mean, the guys are keeping each other safe. All that kind of stuff. So you're getting full speed to impact. You know, and so you you know who won the rep and who you know all that kind of stuff. But I just I just love the the different looks you get. It's a different defense. It's a different. Uh, you know, philosophy, all those, all those kind of things. Situations come up, and um, you know, I think that you can get a, a lot accomplished rather than just you know, 14 or 15, you know, snaps in a preseason game. So there you go, Derek Carr talking about you know the joint practices and what could get accomplished. And again, it's one on ones. That's something that we haven't seen all preseason. You're seeing one on ones. You're seeing guys go full throttle. You're seeing guys uh, trying to defend guys. You're seeing guys trying to block guys. I mean, you're you're seeing. Everything and as Derek Carr just mentioned, they show a lot more. So that's why the spirit of the joint practices is so much better than even preseason games. And uh, also wanted you to hear one more soundbite from uh, Derek Carr, and you can hear the whole thing at Raiders.com. It was probably about 14 or 15 minutes, including the question about the whole Dana White situation, which I, again I think is kind of a, a no story, so it's not a big deal to me. But um, here's here's Derek Carr talking about his relationship with Joshua Daniels. I want you to hear this because I think it's a pretty unique answer, a pretty good answer from Derek Carr. And, you know, there was always a lot of questions, you know, how was Derek Carr and Joshua Daniels, how were they going to gel together? I think they're doing just fine. Here's Derek Carr talking about his relationship with Joshua Daniels. Yeah, our, our relationship has been great. Um, you know, we, you know, when, when they were, I mean, last week when they were in Miami and I'm at home, he's texting me the night before the game. You know, we're sitting there talking about a preseason game that's being played, you know, and we're, you know, the thought process and just really growing that relationship, being on the same page a couple times today where he was saying something in the headset to me or to Stiddy, I would walk over to him. i say, hey, when you say that, what do you mean? You know, and I was like, okay, because sometimes the same words coming from one person aren't, doesn't mean the same thing coming from somebody else, right? And so uh, I've had some coaches that say the same thing, but it means something different. And so I would just go over and make sure. And so we're just growing. We're, we're working on that. Um, and I'm just asking questions, learning as much as I can. He's, he's really smart. You guys... I'll know that um, he's very, very smart, and that, that's that's always been my favorite part of the football game was was the mental side, you know, um, you know, being able to know basically what to do before it even happens and all that kind of stuff, and just trying to do that. And he thinks that way too, and so it's been, I said to say, like we think on the same kind of wavelength, especially offensive minded, um, you know. So we th see things similar, and I'm learning, I'm learning a lot from him. He's very detail oriented. Um, I've said it before to our guys, not just with me, but like with the whole team, offense, defense, special teams. He knows every detail of every scheme, and that's really impressive. There you go. Derek Carr talking about Joshua Daniels. And one thing that stood out to me, what he said right there was he's very detail-oriented, right? How much does that sound like a broken record? We say that all the time, that this regime is very detail-oriented. To take it a step further, something I heard today from offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi, they were just doing some drills. Like I want to say it was seven-on-seven, seven and – uh, Amir Abdullah ended up catching a ball down the seam, and it was a really pretty pass, and it was a great catch, and, you know, it just looked like a really good play. And it was so funny because Mick Lombardi turned, looked at the sideline, which is, of course, all the Raider players, and he said, if you pay attention to the details, you'll get the ball. Right? So 
you might get open if you're not running the route 100% correctly, but you're not going to get the ball. Like, that's the focus. You run the route correctly, you do all the details, you'll get the ball. But you have to do your part. And I thought that that was very meaningful when I heard him say, and he barked it. Because the play before, I can't remember what running back it was. It was a running back who didn't quite run the route the way that they were supposed to do. And he said, good catch. Do the details correctly next time, right? And they're, they're going up against the Patriots. So it's not like he's going up against his own player. They were going up against the Patriots, and he said, yeah, good catch. But you have to do it correctly. And so then the very next play, Amir Abdullah catches this ball, and he turns, and he looks at the whole sideline. If you, if you uh, pay attention to details, you'll get the ball. I thought that was really meaningful, DeMond, because that's something that we've been talking about quite a bit here on the show. It's the attention to detail. It's the small stuff. You hear Derek Carr talking about he knows all the nuances of every offense, every defense. He, I mean, if you have something for him, he's got something to beat you. He pays attention to the details. That's, that's pretty significant as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah, and also it speaks to Amir Abdullah winning his spot on his team. It speaks to him winning his spot on the team by what he's doing in practice that you can see that these are the details that matter. Mm-hmm. And you, when, so yesterday, uh, like you said, when Amir Abdullah, when he first was signed to the team, it was, hey, man, he's just going to be a camp body. Right. But it just shows you that it is, it's those little things that matter. It's paying attention to the fine details because you can't remember the player's name. But, hey, he makes that exact same catch, but right. you just didn't do it the right way. And for me, it's, that's more about Amir Abdullah. He's right. doing it the right way, the way these coaches want it to be done, and he's earned that spot on the team. And that's exactly why you're right. He earned a spot on the team because he's doing the stuff the way that it's being asked to be done. Run it the way that we ask you to run it, and this is why, but you have to do it that way. And so I thought that that was pretty uh, meaningful right there. I want you to hear one more sound bite from uh, practice, uh, from following practice, and it's from Max Crosby. Again, he's talking about going up against another team. He's a guy that we haven't seen in preseason games. We haven't seen Chandler Jones in any preseason games. So how beneficial is it going up against another team in practice? Yeah, I think it's huge, and especially you're going against, uh, you know, obviously Bill Belichick and, and their regime, like, they're very smart, um, and they're always trying to give us different looks and slow us down. So, uh, you know, that's that's something you know Coach McDaniel's does as well. Um, so I take it, you know, I take it on as a challenge every single day to try, you know, to defeat chips, defeat um, different slides and protections and things like that. And um, you know, I feel like uh, just just helping us get better. So overall, I think it was a it was a, it was a great experience, and looking forward to tomorrow. So, again, like you said, looking forward to tomorrow. Today was only day one. We'll see what tomorrow brings. But I would like to say uh, I felt very confident saying that the Raiders won today. Again, you can't put a, you know, a W and an L in the, in the win column that matters, which is the season. But you can feel good about the direction that they're going. And for them to go out there and really some of the Patriot beat writers, and we have Zach Cox from Nesson coming up next, but uh, you know, some of the Patriot beat writers saying, hey, man, the Raiders are, are really giving the business to, to the Patriots. Maybe not in those exact words, but that's what they meant. I think that was pretty significant. These guys, they cover the Patriots. They see them every day. So for them to tweet out stuff about the Raiders are really looking sharp against this team, I think that that goes a long way. You can hear us every single day say, man, Devontae Adams looks great. Carr looks great. Jacobs looks great. We can say it every single day. and You'll say, yeah, but... Look, they're going up against another team, a team with some pride, a team with Bill Belichick on the sideline. And they're doing pretty stinking good. I think that that's pretty significant. I really do. Yeah, well, Max's first answer when he got up to the podium was just, hey, man, you know, we still got to get better. There's still more work to do. Yep. So it made me think, how good would they have looked for you to just say, hey, man, 
this team is going to be special this season <laughs> because I, I just thought I was like, no matter how good that they did today, right. the players would still say, hey, man, we still got to work, still got to chip away. You know, all the, all the players speak that, right. you know, your coach to say. But from you being out there, I know you just said, hey, man, we are, we're here every day talking about it. Yeah. But how close did they look to being a team that's on the way? Because we say it's still training camp, but right. regular season's right around the corner. It really is. And, and for me to come back and say that, oh, man, they killed it and, you know, they looked unstoppable, I would have had to see a few more plays by the corners, you know, making sure that wide receivers didn't get open. And there's times where, you know, especially one-on-one drills where Patriot players, they won the drill. They just did, you know, offensively and defensively. Uh, you know, there's a few times where Mac Jones looked really good. I know on the last uh, couple drives that Derek Carr had, uh, you know, on, uh, that we really couldn't see that well, uh, it was reported. And, again, I didn't get to see it that well because we were kind of far away. But it was about – you know, three, I think three would-be sacks that he suffered, you know, and, and uh, a couple, couple uh, you know, short plays. But I thought that the Raiders' defense did really good when they got near the goal line. Talking about the Patriots when they got near the goal line, really made them, basically stopped them. You know, and Zach could speak on that a little bit more uh, when he comes up in a couple minutes. But there's just small details, right? There's just small things that I think that the Raiders could have done better in certain areas. But for the most part, man, I thought that they should feel pretty good pretty good about their effort today now what the thing is you got to go and follow it up tomorrow you got to follow it up with another big effort like that and it's so funny there was a one-on-one drill and I think it was Keelan Cole beat the beat the DB and beat him bad right beat the DB just bad and the whole Raiders side like all the wide receivers started talking all kind of noise to to uh to the DB and uh, I looked over at Mark McMillan. I said, that, that's planting the seed right there. That's planting the seed. Like, they're talking that trash right now. And he goes, oh, yeah, no doubt. He's like, I love every minute of it. I was like, yeah, of course. You got to, man. And so then, of course, if a DB made a play, they chirped back a little bit. So there was, you know, again, there was some chirping. There was some talking a little bit. But there was nothing that you saw with the Patriots and the Panthers a week ago where it just got out of control. So, again, I think it was a pretty – Pretty positive day for both teams, but I think that the Raiders really showed a little something today that made you think, okay, this team is definitely headed in the right direction. And another guy that I had an opportunity to talk to while I was out at practice today was Eric Allen. And I always love picking the brain of Eric Allen. He's so smart and he's just, he was always such a good player. And we've talked multiple times. So one of the things that I asked him, I asked him about Jerron Harmon. You know, Demond, I've been talking about Jerron Harmon for a while thinking that he's really going to help this Raiders defense. So I started off talking about Jerron Harmon and, and why he thought he was always in great position. And he said, it's, you know, it's that film study. He lines the guys up in the correct position. And if he can't make a play, he's going to, you know, tip the ball or try to do, you know, find a way to, to get the, his, his teammates the ball. He also said that, you know, Willie Shaw, when he was a defensive coordinator, he was Eric's uh, defensive coordinator, that he went into the, into the season saying, hey, in college, you got to have about 15 turnovers or interceptions a, a season. In the pros, you got to have 20 interceptions. So, you know, and just they kind of put that on the wall, and that's got to be a mantra. You know, the mantra like win today or, you know, commit to this or attention to detail. That's got to be something that is like written there on the wall. You know, create turnovers, create t- 20 turnovers, go and get 20 interceptions. He said that he went back and did the research. This is pretty amazing because we use that number 20, right? He said over four years of me being with the Raiders, they had 79 interceptions. 79 in four seasons. So you do the math, and mathematician can hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line if he wants to at 69187, keyword R&R. I can do that math. That's damn near 20 a season, 
right? <laughs> That's just short of 20. He said one season they had 21, another season they had 19. I mean, just but right around that 20 number. That's the target number. Remember, we talked a lot about turnovers uh, last week. Matter of fact, late last week, we were talking about turnovers and what's a realistic number. And I think that, DeMond, me and you settled at 12 interceptions. Again, going back to what Eric Allen was saying is 20's got to be that number. If you fall short, you fall short. But you've got to aim for 20 INTs, not just turnovers, INTs. And that's a mindset. If the players know that in their head that they're looking for interceptions, they're going to go out there and they're going to work harder for them. So the question I'll ask you before we take a quick break and get to Zach Cox from Nesson and find out all things Patriots and talk about what he thought of the practice today. Two keys for this Raiders upcoming season is what I'm looking for from you. I want to know what you think will be the two biggest keys to the upcoming season. And the reason I say this is because in that conversation I had with Eric Allen, we talked about not only turnovers, which is obviously big for me. I think that the Raiders have to do a really good job with creating turnovers, stealing possessions. We also talked about the red zone. So those were the two keys that me and, and Eric were talking about. Red zone and turnovers. He said Josh McDaniels has been around the league so long that he has a play in his playbook for every defense he's going to see in the red zone. He said that just like you have you know, certain coverage beaters, you have red zone beaters, red zone defense beaters. So whatever a defense throws at Josh McDaniels, he's going to be able to adjust to because he's been there so long. He knows and he's so smart when it comes to offense. So as we continue to talk, I just basically said, hey, look, so that's, that's it for me. Red zone success and turnovers is going to be the story of the Raiders' season, in my opinion, just my opinion. You don't have to uh, agree with me. You could agree with me. You don't have to, though. So I did want to throw out the question there to you, 69187, keyword R&R. Of course, when we don't have a guest, you can hit us up on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200 and let me know what do you believe will be the two keys, the two biggest keys to the Raiders' upcoming season. Kind of have an idea of what the team's going to look like. Of course, you'll know officially next week when they get down to 53 men and then they finalize the roster. But what do you believe will be the two biggest keys to the upcoming season for the Silver and Black? They're going to find success. They've got to do these two things, in your opinion. For me, create turnovers and have that success in the red zone. I think they have an opportunity to do both, but what say you? Again, 702-365-9200, Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up next, Zach Cox from Nesson. He's going to join us to talk all things Patriots. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Raiders had to make some roster moves to get down to 80 like the rest of the NFL. Just a recap on who is no longer with the team. Kenyon Drake, released. Chris Jones, the cornerback, released. Waved. Chris Lacey, the wide receiver, and additionally waved. Injured cornerback, Cravon LeBlanc. And then, of course, Nick Mullins was traded uh, yesterday, so they are down to 80 like the rest of the league. Joining us now on the phone lines to talk about what he saw at joint practices today between the Patriots and the Raiders is our guy Zach Cox from Nesson. And Zach, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I appreciate you. It was a crowded day out there as far as the media. There's a lot of us out there between New England media and the Raiders media, but uh, what was one of your biggest takeaways from practice today? 
Yeah, I mean, my biggest takeaway, at least from a Patriots perspective, uh, was just the fact that the offense, which has really been the kind of number one point of concern with this team throughout the summer, it just it looked actively bad for almost all of practice today. I, I would say up until that final two-minute drive that, that Mac Jones and uh, the top unit were able to have, where they were able to move the ball a little bit, get, in, get the ball into the end zone. But uh, for most of it, it was really kind of dominated by by the Raiders in, in a lot of those offense versus defense 11-on-11 11 11 periods. And for Patriots fans, that's something that has to continue to be concerning because uh, they have, obviously, their, their former offensive coordinator is now the head coach um, of, of the Raiders down here. And um, it, the, the setup that they've had so far to replace him uh, really has not had the, uh, the results that they want thus far. You know, I'll never question Bill Belichick because he's earned the right to be Bill Belichick and he can, you know, do what he wants to do. And I'm assuming he has a great idea. But do you think that he might have thought that this wasn't going to be as hard as it is to replace Josh McDaniels as it has been? Or or am I just maybe reading too much into it? Uh, I guess you kind of have to reserve judgment until you see how everything plays out during the regular season once the the real games start up and once we actually see – how this offense looks in a, a game situation, a situation where it's not uh, them trying to kind of work on certain fundamentals or rep certain plays in certain situations. But so far, it's, it's hard to have a ton of faith in this Patriots offense. Uh, personnel-wise, I think they have some, some good pieces. I, I like Mac Jones. I think he has the, the tools to be a, a very good NFL quarterback, uh, and he's got a lot of pretty solid pieces around him. But just the concerns on the coaching staff are are going to persist until it, the, the Patriots can prove that this works just because it's looking like Matt, Patric- Matt Patricia is most likely going to be their offensive, their quote-unquote offensive coordinator, or at least their offensive play caller during the season. He's never called offensive plays in his career. Joe Judge, another guy who's been in that mix, he's never called offensive plays in his career. He's never coached quarterbacks. Uh, he's now coaching Matt Jones. Uh, we're probably going to see Bill Belichick have a larger role of some sort in the offensive side of the football. Uh, he's been mostly a defensive guy for most of his career. So there's just a lot of moving pieces in, in a lot of places that haven't had to have pieces moved in a long time because Josh McDaniels was here for so long. How much different uh, energy level, intensity level has the joint practice that you saw today uh, compared to what you saw last week against the Panthers? Uh, it was much lower, I would say. Um, I, I don't know if, if that was a kind of a, an intentional thing uh, because it did get pretty contentious uh, last week with the Panthers. There were at least four or five legitimate full-blown fights. Uh, you saw a lot of players kicked out. You saw a lot of uh, tempers flaring, a, a lot of tensions running high. I, I think the Panthers kind of ignited a lot of that with, with the way they were uh, playing in some of those practices. But it was definitely more of a, I don't know if subdued is the right word today, but mm-hmm. it was definitely didn't seem to have quite the same uh, intensity and, and ferocity, especially in those full team periods. And the one-on-ones, you still saw some, uh, a little bit of jawing, a little yeah. bit of uh, competitiveness, but it, it, it was definitely a, a step back once, uh, once you went to seven-on-sevens and 11-on-11s. 11 11s. 
Yeah, it felt like the one-on-one drills. There was a lot of trash talking. It was some good intensity, and I thought, okay, here we go. And then, like you said, it kind of slowly, uh, you know, uh, ramped down a little bit as practice continued to go on. But uh, they didn't have any fights, so I guess that, that was something that they were they were going for. Again, we're talking with Zach Cox from Nesson here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Demond's got one for you. Yeah, Zach, I want to get an outsider's perspective on how did the Raiders' offensive line look. I know you said that the – Patriots were struggling a little bit, but how did that defensive line for the Patriots fare against the Raiders O-line? I think you saw a, a really good finish from the Patriots offensive line, uh, or defensive line, rather. And when I'm watching these practices, I, I have a hard time kind of keeping track of which offensive linemen are, are in at certain times for the other team. I'm more kind of focused on the defensive side. But I definitely think that it wasn't a uh, it wasn't nearly the dominant performance from the Patriots defensive line that we saw at times against Carolina last week, they really overwhelmed uh, some of Carolina's offensive linemen um, in those joint practices last week. Uh, but I did think on, on the final drive that we saw, the final drive from uh, Derek Carr and that first team offense, they really had a hard time blocking Matthew Judon. He was out in the backfield a lot. You saw Jawan Bentley get back there. You saw uh, Josh Uche in there on a play or two. Uh, that's what the Patriots are, are hoping to get from this defense this year because it was really top-heavy for them uh, a year ago. They're hoping to get some more pass-rushing depth uh, behind uh, guys like Judon and Christian Barmore, uh, and I think the, the Raiders had a little bit of difficulty there uh, at the end. But overall, I thought it was a, it was a competitive practice uh, for both of those groups. Zach, what did you see from the Patriots cornerbacks in, 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 as, as far as an effort to try to defend Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro? Uh, I mean, I think the effort was there, but it, this is a tough group to defend. Uh, I can't imagine what it's going to look like once uh, once Dar- uh, Darren Waller is out there as well, because he did not practice today, I believe. But I mean, Adams was phenomenal. I mean, he's he's one of the, if not the best receiver in the NFL. This was my first time watching him in person in a setting like this, and, and you can see why he he has that status. He went three and zero against Jalen Mills and those one-on-one drills. Mills has been by far the Patriots' best cornerback uh, in training camp and in the preseason. Uh, so you saw Hunter Renfro involved a lot. Uh, he was going up against Miles Bryant uh, a good amount. There, there weren't many plays, I would say, where Patriots defenders were just getting kind of blown out of the water, but just the consistency and the skill level uh, especially a player like Adams, was it, it kind of jumps off the field when you're watching it. I think he had something like seven catches in those team drills before the Patriots even had uh, any sort of win against him out there. So uh, I'm really interested to see how Josh McDaniels uses him in, in this Raiders offense because it's been a while since he's had a receiver of that caliber. I mean, maybe go all the way back to... I don't know the last time the Patriots had uh, a receiver of that caliber. I think it was Randy Moss, but that yeah. was before Josh McDaniels was really even involved. Uh, yeah, it, I think he's going to have a lot of fun with uh, with Adams, and especially with Renfro as well in this offense, because I think Renfro's a guy that the Patriots fans are still a little bit salty, never ended up in New England uh, in that 2019 draft, because he seemed like such an obvious fit for McDaniels. Yeah, no, he really did. Again, we're talking all things Patriots right now with Zach Cox from uh, Nesson here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, you know Bill Belichick. You've been covering him long enough. I mean, the Raiders might have, quote-unquote, won today. What do you think that he's going to be focused on for tomorrow? How do you think that he's going to bring this squad back tomorrow? Yeah, I think if I know Bill Belichick, he'll probably try to limit the talk of 
the Raiders won this practice or the Patriots won this practice mm-hmm. just because practice isn't necessarily about that. Right. Uh, I think that he'll probably try to shift his players' focus away from um, kind of the, the, I guess, competitive aspect of it in terms of wins and losses and more um, focus more internally on, okay, this is what you didn't do well in X drill or Y drill. Uh, this is what we need to clean up the next day. These are the exact same, the, the exact same things rather uh, that we need to fix. So uh, I think he'll probably try to, uh, to shift the narrative away from that, uh, which I'm sure Patriots uh, players are are very used to uh, by this point in terms of a uh, in ignore the noise standpoint. All right, Zach. And when it comes to Josh McDaniels, what did you think about the Josh McDaniels led team? How he organized his practice? How the plays looked? Is it what you expected to see from him as a head coach? Yeah, it seems pretty uh, pretty similar to what we've seen in New England. Uh, I know that Josh McDaniels has has said since taking over this job that he's not trying to be Bill Belichick 2.0 because that's really what he tried to do when he was in Denver, uh, and it clearly didn't work out for him then. Then, so it's it's not like he's trying to completely uh, take the entire Patriot system and, and bring it over here. But uh, I think you definitely just saw similarities in the way that everything was run, just how efficiently it was run. There was very little downtime. It kind of went from one period to the next period to the next period. Uh, you did get a little bit of break in there for uh, which what looked like a water break, which you probably needed when it's 105 <laughs> degrees outside. But yes. just in terms of structure, it's, you see sometimes in these joint practices with maybe less experienced head coaches and less uh, set-in-stone systems, you, you see a little some lackadaisical periods, just some things that don't seem to be running completely smoothly, uh, and everything was running very, uh, very Patriot-like, I would say, out of practice today. You know, one of the things that we've been talking about a lot here on the show is the fact that uh, the attention to detail that Coach McDaniels and the rest of the staff are really trying to put on these guys. And, and you know, and this is something that I'm sure you're used to, you know, seeing all the details, seeing the don't beat yourself, allow the other team to, to lose the game, right? And so I've seen the penalties for the Raiders cut down in a major way. How much is that emphasized in practice and, and in camp for the Patriots just – Attention to detail, do your job, and don't beat yourself. Yeah, those are basically the the most important aspects of, of the whole quote-unquote Patriot way. Uh, and, and if Josh McDaniels is going to bring anything from New England, uh, I, I think the, the don't beat yourself, don't make dumb mental errors, don't kind of make sure you're lined up correctly, make sure you're not um, hurting the team with, with dumb penalties, and I know things like that have been an issue for Raiders teams in the past. And yeah. you definitely didn't see a lot of lack of discipline uh, out there at practice today. Obviously, it's only only one practice, a pretty small sample size. Um, but comparing what you saw from the Patriots and the Raiders out there today to some of the stuff we saw from the Panthers in those joint practices last week, you saw a lot more kind of after-the-play chippiness, a lot more lack of discipline that you don't usually see from from Belichick coach teams or in general successful NFL teams uh, and I think the the Raiders and the Patriots were definitely on the same page in that today uh, which is probably why you didn't see so many of the uh, the fights and the shenanigans that you see in a lot of joint practices.
That's a great point right there, and, and you're right. The ball was uh, very disciplined on both sides, you know, from the Patriots and the Raiders today, and uh, obviously that's that attention to detail that we've been talking about quite a bit. Well, Zach, before we let you get out of here, man, uh, what will you be focusing on tomorrow? Like, what, what do you think that you need to go and see from the Patriots to, you know, to, to be able to say, okay, this team is definitely headed in the right direction? Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch them again against this Raiders offense, uh, especially those skilled players, but uh, as I said before, the big question here is the Patriots offense, and it's just, it has shown some progress this summer at times. It has shown there have been practices where it's looked legitimately good, um, but today was not one of those days, and there have been too many um, of those days where it just kind of looked like a, a disjointed mess out there, uh, and that's obviously not going to cut it once the regular season starts, and since this is the final practice that us as reporters will be able to watch for the entire season. Right. Uh, I'm really going to be looking to see what that offense looks like, whether it can kind of rebound from some of the issues that it had today and just look a little bit more cohesive because uh, the regular season isn't far away. It's basically two and a half weeks away from, from week one. So they're uh, kind of running out of time to be in the, uh, the working out the kinks period. So definitely going to be looking to see if we can see a, a bit of a more, overall more consistent day uh, from the Patriots offense tomorrow. Before I let you go, what, what do you expect to see on Friday in the final preseason game? Yeah, it'll be interesting. The, uh, the shift from the four preseason games to the three has kind of, uh, I think some teams are handling it differently than others, uh, just in terms of playing starters and not playing starters, because typically this final preseason game has been, all right, basically everybody sits and it's second and third teamers for the entire game. Last year, that's not really how the Patriots handled it. Uh, they played their starters on both sides of the ball for uh, two or three series. It wasn't a lot, but it was it was more than you see in previous years, and that was coming off a week of joint practices as well. So mm. maybe you'll see the starters on, on both sides uh, for a little bit in this game. Uh, I do think you'll probably see the same approach from both teams just because Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels do have such a good relationship, I, I would imagine going into that game, he'll say, all right, well, we're going to play our starters or we're not going to play our starters. Let's like be on the same page and, and do the same thing there uh, just in, for evaluation purposes. But uh, it would be good to, to see the, the Patriots first teamers get out there for at least a couple of series because they didn't play uh, in week one of the preseason. Uh, and as I've, I've mentioned a couple of times here, there's still – definitely some uh, some kinks to work out so it would be good to see them out there for for at least a little bit but uh, i'm not sure how either team is going to handle it uh, this week yeah it should be interesting i know i'm looking forward to tomorrow's joint practice to see how that gets wrapped up and then preseason's wrapped up on friday for uh, both teams so that'll be a lot of fun well zach thank you so much for your time this afternoon man great insight i appreciate you and uh, i look forward to running into you tomorrow at practice yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, there he goes. Zach Cox right there from Nesson does a fantastic job covering the Patriots like a glove. And, I mean, I said it at the top of the show. I know JT's mentioned it as well. The Raiders did a hell of a job today in, in joint practice against the Patriots. Tailed off a little bit at the end, as you heard Zach mention. But uh, all in all, man, I think the Raiders did a really good job. And I think Raider Nation should be pretty excited about the direction that they're going. Are they there yet? Hell no. But the direction that they're going is definitely positive 246 is the time let us know what you think 702-365-9200 that's the radio nation listener line also 69187 keyword rnr that is the salmon ash text line uh give me two keys 
What would be your two biggest keys in your mind to this Raiders' upcoming season? I said the red zone and turnovers, but what say you? Let us know about it. It's Raider Nation Radio, 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got a couple text messages I want to get to. 69187, keyword R&R. One's from the 707 right here in town. Two keys to this season, Carr's health and Crosby's health. Carr is normally, and I don't want to jinx anything, but of course Carr is one of those guys that's ultra durable. I mean, he's just been very durable. We all know the injury that happened in 2016, but for the most part, Carr doesn't miss. So I feel pretty confident that both him and Crosby are going to be out there and, uh, you know, be available for the Raiders throughout the course of the season. Of course, you know, bumps and bruises always happen, but those guys, especially Carr in particular, is usually really super healthy. So uh, that's that's always a positive. That's one thing that you can say about Derek Carr. He's not missing games, right? So um, obviously anything could happen, but that's a that's a obviously a good key. You want your starting quarterback to be healthy. Got another text from the 209. How did Illuminor look against the patch? Was he the one that allowed the sacks today? And I, I don't know. I don't know if he was the one that allowed the sacks because I wasn't able to see that exact, exact angle. Um, you know, Zach, who we just had, Zach Cox from uh, Nesson, uh, mentioned the you know couple sacks down on the final like two minute drill that the Raiders and the Patriots were running today. But I didn't get to see it from the angle because there's walls of players that are up. So depending on where you're standing is what you could really see. So one angle that I'm looking at, I'm looking at a defensive backfield, and another angle that Zach might be looking at, he's looking at the offensive backfield. So it's just it's just depending on uh, how you look at it. But I think that Jermaine Illuminor. Uh, I think he did a good job uh, from what I saw, and, and this is only what I saw. And you never know. They're still working and tinkering with the offensive line, <clears throat> something that we've talked about quite a bit, that at some point they're going to come up with an, uh, uh, you know, the starting five. But they're, uh, you know, they're, they're still tinkering with it. So you saw Jermaine Illuminor get an opportunity uh, at the right tackle spot. You saw uh, a guy like Dylan Parham who has played all three positions. You see him get a, 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 a shot at the, the, you know, the left guard spot. I mean, it's just – Again, still tinkering with everything, still trying to put it together and find the the best five that fit. And I think going up in joint practice, I think that makes the most sense, right? If you're going to go out there and you're going to roll the dice and put some guys out there and see how they do, do it against someone else. You know, do it against someone else who's, you know, who's uh, not trying to go easy on you or trying to, you know, make you make you feel good about yourself. They're trying to wreck you. You know, so one of the things, talking about wrecking, one of the things we talked about was Max Crosby. How was he going to be? From everything I saw, as far as, you know, one-on-one drills and all that, defensive line, offensive line, I thought he looked really good. thought he looked really good. thought the Raiders' defense in general looked really good. Again, there was a goal line opportunities multiple times for the Patriots that the, the Raiders' defense stood up to them. So that's all you could ask for, right? I mean, again, it's something that Fabian talks about all the time when he, he hits us up on Twitter, you know, the minus four. There's multiple opportunities where the Raiders would have held the Patriots to the minus four, would have held them to the field goal instead of the touchdown. So that's all you could ask for. If they could do that a couple times a game, and we saw that against Minnesota, we saw them get down into the, the, the red zone, get down by the goal line, and have to settle for a field goal. If they could do that, that's how they're going to win a lot of games. So thank you for those texts. I do appreciate you. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick, 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, ABA Ivan Davis. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for taking my call. For sure. Um... Uh, two keys will be the uh, offensive line. I mean, that, that ordinarily that's not a key, but unfortunately until I can see something different, that has to be one. And the accuracy uh, of Derek Carr it doesn't do any good to have a Porsche if you don't put gas in the car. 
Do you okay, have you have so, you let me let me ask you this real quick just 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 because I, I just want to know uh, have you questioned his accuracy before or do you think that he's pretty accurate? Uh, I, I I think he's pretty accurate. And the only reason I say that is because I mean you still get some of the people that question. I mean they keep saying that he's the worst quarterback in this division, and then uh, like first taking them, and, and then they talk about. You know the accuracy of Russell Wilson, and right. then you got oh my God, Patrick right. Mahomes. And, you know I get tired of hearing that, and gotcha. he's more of my accurate quarterbacks I think in the Raiders history. But I'm just, but I say accuracy, not from the sense of him getting the ball there. I think he's gonna get the ball there. Don't right. blow it. Maybe I should say that. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Don't blow it with, with all them weapons. But the first thing for even before that, that's secondary to the offensive line protection. Because the last thing he might have to be checked down Charlie for a while mm-hmm. until the offensive line figures it out. Good stuff. Good and stuff. That, great. Hey, great, great call. Thank you so much. Definitely appreciate you. And uh, all right, that makes sense. You know the O line, and and of course, uh, you know Derek Carr being uh, you know being efficient when they get down to you know the red zone, and when it comes down to to score in time, make it happen, right? So uh, that's that's those are definitely two big keys. You know, you're going to have to be able to score touchdowns, not field goals. Going back to the minus four thing, they're going to have to be able to score touchdowns. So uh, there's going to be some opportunities, I believe, with the weapons that Derek Carr has. Not only Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, the obvious choices, but the other guys like Mac Hollins. And we mentioned this weeks ago. I think Mac Hollins is going to have a role in the in the uh, in the red zone. I really do. I think he's a guy with a big body that will just give the Raiders another opportunity to score touchdowns instead of field goals. So I think that Mac Hollins is going to play a, a pretty nice role for the Silver and Black. And of course, you got the running backs as well that could do multiple things. So that's uh, definitely something to pay attention to. ABA Ivan Davis, thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. Two fifty-seven is the time. We'll come back. Kick off hour number two of the show. We'll talk to John McClain, formerly of the Houston Chronicle. This is Raider Nation Radio nine twenty.